When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Tony Robbins. Hey guys, I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood. From celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or just have a great conversation on Hollywood Raw. If they're on Hollywood Raw, there's a reason. From page six to TMZ, Daily Mail, and People Magazine, everyone is talking about the Hollywood Raw podcast with Dax Holt and Adam Glenn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw podcast. My name is Adam Glenn. I have my colleague, my my business partner, my uh, my uh, my straight friend that's into pop culture, Dax Holt. Uh, <laughs> dude, you know it's so I have to say that because it's like we so love pop culture and. It's weird, like that's I have to tell people, like, hey man, we're straight, but we like pop culture. Uh, it's sad that we have to do that because not many people admit to do that. But we um, welcome to Hollywood Podcast, guys. Uh, how are you, Dex? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're gonna get into a lot into today's episode. We're gonna talk about the 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 biggest assholes in Hollywood. Um, you know, we want assholes like these are assholes that are round, that are brown, um, that are wide. <laughs> are we? Get out <laughs> no, we're getting to actually guys who are dicks. Pretty, I mean, dicks, assholes. You get at the point. We're going to talk about a lot of these people. And we're, here's the thing is we are, we're also going to get into people like on this list that we kind of put together. You're not going to mm. see Kanye West. You're not going to see Chris Brown. You're not going to see Bill Cosby. You're not going to see gonna Harvey see the Weinstein. Obvious, the obvious a-hole, right? You're, like, you're going to see the people that put out in public that they are awesome and they're good and they're one thing. But like behind the scenes, it's a totally different thing. And these are based on, you know, we're going to give our experience from covering them. We're going to give our experience from maybe possibly meeting them if we've met them on our behalf. And then, you know, we'd never worked with them, but these are what some of their, their colleagues have said, you know, and these, it's, it's sort of like a, we put this list together based on doing a lot of digging, a lot of research. Again, these are people that are that are jerks. You know, we didn't put criminals on. We didn't again. We didn't put Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein because that's too easy. We didn't put the top ten criminals in Hollywood. We did the biggest assholes. Um, if you're new to the Hollywood Raw podcast, Dax, how do you explain this podcast? This podcast, you know, we, we reveal the fourth wall of Hollywood. We're getting into the nitty gritty, kind of telling people what it is actually like working in Hollywood, working with celebs, working with the pop. Paparazzi, working with bodyguards, we have kind of a little mix of everyone come on the podcast to talk about just what life is like for them inside of Hollywood. And, uh, you know, we've had some amazing guests, like we've had Kanye West Bodyguard, we've had uh, Mark Cuban, we've had Tony Robbins, we've had numerous paparazzi that used to work for TMZ. I mean, we, we've kind of ran the gambit of some amazing, amazing content on here. We've done celebrity conspiracy stories. I mean, we've done a little bit of it all. And we're just getting a huge reaction from people out there on, you know, they, they like seeing this glimpse um, that no one else is talking about. And that's why people keep coming back to the Hollywood Raw podcast. 
yeah, we're two celebrity journalists who uh, entertainment news journalists who we're not people that just give an opinion or give uh, a thought on something that we have nothing we have no connection to. Uh, Dax and I are both seasoned veterans in the in the hustle of entertainment news. You know, myself, I'm still an active journalist running around the streets of New York City doing celebrity interviews on the streets. So I do a lot of paparazzi, do a lot of celebrities and a lot of stories I break. You know, it's uh, I give to the outlets because it's Mo- fun. most people would not believe how many stories you still break on a on a week. I am about to break a big story today. I will talk about it not today because what I'm going to do is give it to an outlet and then what they do is they throw me a bone because I'm going to break it. So actually, that's funny. Thank you for reminding me, Dex. Is I your need to bone call. in the form of money? What is your bone in the form of? Uh, what I do is I give a good story mm-hmm. in exchange when someone needs their story out there. They will pay me because mm-hmm. the site will throw me um, or the website, whatever outlet I choose, will help me out a little bit because I help them out. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got, so got that's that's what I do. But again, we use some of my celebrity interviews on this podcast. We're the only podcast that's had Oprah, Kevin Hart, John Cena, uh, Jeff Bezos. We had Jeff Bezos. Dude, we've had them all. I mean, it's all. Wild. Elon Musk. So it's you hear a lot of my background stories. Dax, tell me a little about your background. Uh, shoot, dude. I mean, I started at... Extra many, many years ago, then wound up at TMZ for 12 years and Access Hollywood. I've just kind of jumped around talking celebrities for many, many years now, and now I'm here. So I really just (laughs) kind of slummed it to the bottom. But nevertheless, I'm here, Adam. Showbiz, baby, showbiz. (laughs) Uh, But thank you guys for listening. Before we get to the biggest assholes in Hollywood, um, we like to read a review live on air. The best thing to do to support this podcast, we don't have a Patreon. We don't ask you for money. All we ask is for four seconds of your time, and that's to leave a review. Go to wherever you listen to uh, podcasts, Apple, iTunes, you know. I think you can only do it on iTunes at the moment. Perfect. Go to iTunes. Go all the way to the bottom. Give us five stars. Say a few kind words. If you do that, we'll actually read your review live on air, but it helps out with the algorithm. It helps out with the charts. Why? I don't know, but that's what they tell us, so that's what we do. <laughs> Dax, do you have our review ready for us? I do, I do. And by the way, it helped because this last week we got a ton of reviews, and we went to number two on the charts. So it's been huge for us, so thank you. Thank you, you well, guys. And being on Dumois was a massive help, so thank you. I wish I knew her name. And Adam Carolla, yeah. Thank you, Dumois lady. All right, uh, the review is from TTYN22, loving Hollywood Raw. Thank you, Dax and Adam, for all the fun Hollywood tea. Been listening to this podcast for a few months now and love their attention. Uh, addition of the Raw Rundown every week. I love all things pop culture, and this is a perfect podcast to hear about major topics, both current and throwback. Can't wait for next week. TTYN22, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I, you know, that if, like, like Adam said, this is a huge thing for us. It's our form of money in the form of a review. Yes. Uh, with that said, Dax, let's get into the biggest assholes in Hollywood. What's? Uh, give me it. one. Give me a name. You got the list in front of you. I mean, we have to start with Catherine Heigl. Like, we we can't do a biggest a holes in Hollywood without mentioning Catherine Heigl because this woman, um, she was apparently just a nightmare to work with on Grey's Anatomy for all the seasons that she was there. Uh, she was a nightmare to work with on uh, Knocked Up, and all of this alleged uh, because neither Adam and I were actually working on those two sets. Um, but I think. 
the reason I wanted to add Katherine Heigl to this list was because there's been so many stories over the years about how she had this like good girl image on one side where the, the audience loved her and the Grey's Anatomy was getting just massive ratings and behind the scenes her co-stars were like this woman was awful like to, to when you have Shonda Rhimes you know one of the biggest producers in Hollywood basically saying you know I'm gonna I'm gonna start hiring for new shows and I will not be having any Heigl's on the cast that's bad that's dude. bad like and it, it was just numerous things after numerous things where she would constantly, I, I, I want to say, just bite the hand that feeds her. And for and, and I, the only reason I can add her to this list is because I feel like there's been, you know, it wasn't just a one-time thing where I can say, you know what, Catherine Heigl just had a bad day. It was numerous producers coming forward and just saying she was not fun to work with. She made our lives miserable. And I, I don't want to work with her again in the future. Yeah, that's and this not was, good. That's not good. So she was on Grey's Anatomy where multiple people came out saying how difficult she was to work with. And then she did uh, Knocked Up. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I think she talked shit about the movie. Right, Dax? Yeah, yeah. She, she talked massive shit about that movie. And to the fact that, like, she, she wasn't happy with it. She didn't like the outcome of it. I remember the thing that stands out the most in my mind with Katherine Heigl is when she had worked on Grey's Anatomy. She was nominated for an Emmy, and then she refused the nomination because she said, number one, she wasn't happy with, like her portrayal on there, but she wasn't happy with the season, and she wasn't in Grey's Anatomy enough. What? That's wild. Like, yeah. What? Like, for you to just not accept a nomination was just a punch in the stomach for Grey's Anatomy. You know, like, why wouldn't she just take it and great and just say thank you? But to go back and say I don't want to take it because I didn't like the show and I didn't. I mean, that's a backhand to every single person you work with, with all the producers, with the network, with everything. So she did respond to the accusations that she was difficult. She did an interview with the Washington Post where she said, and I quote, I may have said a couple things you didn't like, but then that escalated to she's ungrateful. Then that escalated to she's difficult. And then that escalated to she's unprofessional. Uh, What is your definition of difficult? Somebody with an opinion that you don't like. Now I'm 42 and that shit pisses me off. I mean, what, what, Dax, what are your thoughts on that quote? Well, I think if you get... If you've made yourself unlikable to a, a large group of people, then you kind of have to face the facts. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because you're talented, you're a great actress, all of that stuff, at a certain point, if people don't want to work with you, they want to let other people know, don't work with this person. They are difficult. They that You don't want them on their set, your set. And so I kind of feel like you earned it yourself. You know, I don't know how else to say it other than this is the web you you spun. And so, yes, you can be upset with the fact that you said stuff and people didn't respond well, but you said it. And, you know, and and if Shonda Rhimes can publicly go out there and say, let me let me read the exact quote. So Shonda Rhimes was creating scandal. This was after, obviously, the height of the Grey's Anatomy success, she goes to create scandal and she told the Hollywood Reporter at that time, uh, you know, there she wasn't going to be hiring any a-holes or nasty people, adding there are no heigels in this situation. Shonda Rhimes publicly said that. So to me, 
she had to have been rubbed so wrong over and over and over again to say that on such a public level. Because a lot of times, even though you hate someone behind the scenes, you don't say it out loud to the public because they don't need to know your drama. She did it. I just think it was unnecessary to really, you know, talk about some of your work. You know, like you did Knocked Up. You were the star of the movie. And then when you go back. And that was and say, a good movie. Great movie. But then when you go back to the movie who, you know, working with Judd Apatow and Seth Rogen say, oh, that movie's a little sexist, which I guess you want to speak up and that makes you feel good. I mean, but yet again, you knew what you were getting yourself you into. You knew, you saw the script. So you're going to say that movie's a little script because women are – what she says, women as sh- – um, it painted women as shrews, as humorless and uptight and men as lovable, goofy, fun-loving guys. I'm sorry. You know, you can't fucking do the work and then just say, oh, yeah, I regret doing it. And it seems like that's two different things you've done where it's like uh, – it's an asshole move. Bottom line, it's an asshole move. Asshole right? move. And it's funny. Yep. My experience from dealing with her – so I was working you know, uh, for an outlet – at that time when she was kind of being labeled as a jerk and she would always stay at the this hotel in Tribeca and she would always be with her mom. And because she was being kind of labeled as not the warmest of people, she would be so nice to the paparazzi, like always smiling, giggling, like letting us know where she's going. Like she was like above and beyond nice. And I think she was overdoing it just to kind of get that stigma away from her. Does that make sense? Yeah, but it, yeah, but. In my mind, it's not the people that you meet one day for five seconds. Like that's that person can't judge you on whether or not you're an asshole or an, an, a kind person because they got five seconds of your time. The people that have worked with you day in and day out for years and years and years, close up, those are the people I'm going to trust on their opinion of what you're really like because they've seen you on good days, bad days, and they can give you a better glimpse of what your character is. No, I, and again, I'm going to go back to saying, in my opinion, I think she's an a-hole. And it's because I felt like from my experience, she was going so above and beyond to be such a nice person to us. It was like, oh, you're covering up for something, which I'm not mad. Hey, listen, I appreciate being nice. I really do. But, you know, again, I'm one of those people. I've met people for 30 seconds and I've been like, oh, that person's an asshole. You know, I, I think there's there's a lot give of celebrities. Me, give me one person that's not on this list that you've met for 30 seconds you got just totally turned off by. Well, I don't know the list yet, but um, uh, I mean, this is sounds so this is going to be if, if anybody this is going to go for the, the 10 percent of our men audience who know this show. Pete Rose was a fucking asshole. Um, <laughs> so but he's not on this list and he's an old baseball player who the guy is just a dick. Um, he. Yeah, that's someone who is. And, but I, I don't know the rest of the list because I was waiting for you to get into it. But I'm like okay. looking up as you say. So let's go I, to the next I, one. I saw Pete Rose once at like this at Caesar's Palace. He sits at this like autograph booth uh, in Caesar's Palace and just signs away. And there was literally one person in line. Okay. Anyway, yeah. let's move on. Um, this one pains me to say this because I really, really like this person. But I know that her persona on camera and her reputation off camera are very different. Um, but that's Ellen. Ellen. Ellen's a generous. I, I love Ellen. I really, really love her show. Everything about like just the Ellen on TV. I really, really like behind the scenes. 
I mean, she got exposed pretty big over this last year with a lot of people coming up from her staff talking about the toxic work environment that she was putting them through, um, just degrading people allegedly behind the scenes. Um, and I was not surprised. I, I couldn't have been, you know, like I was it was it was finally time that that those stories were told because I have been hearing those stories for years and years and years from people firsthand that either worked for her or worked with her or any of that and just saying this is not the person you would think she is because of her public persona and everyone loves this woman but she is a nightmare behind the scenes and um so it again pains me to add her to this list but unfortunately she's making the list yeah it's uh we heard of this brewing for a while it seems i feel like the ellen story of her not being a, a pleasant person was the same like the Harvey Weinstein thing. You know, like we always knew Harvey Weinstein was an asshole and was doing shady stuff, but it never came to the spotlight. And then once Ellen, you know, we were, everyone was kind of caught off guard and she addressed it uh, somewhat. Um, but I mean, it's a pretty wild story when, um, you know, her for, like current and former employees like teamed up together to kind of do a piece on Ellen. I mean, this is a wild situation. From so what I can, yeah. Let, let me tell you the personal story that I had heard. So I was speaking one day with just a buddy of mine and said, who had worked there for many, many years. And I just said, hey, so, and this is when I didn't know anything about Ellen. It was just us having a conversation. And he was like, you know, it, it's a huge show. It was, it was a really good opportunity to work there. But she was difficult. And I was like, what do you mean she was difficult? It's Ellen. And like, I also, I give people a lot of grace when they're so famous and have so much, like, attention on them. that I'm like, you got to give them a break. Like, you don't know the stress, the pressure that these people are under when you are essentially not the face of a show. Like, she's trying to run a show and keep everyone's job, right? So I try to give people that grace. And he was like, no, Dax, you don't understand. When... We were told not to look her in the eyes when we were walking down the hall. And this is allegedly through him. Let me let me keep that going. But he would say, yeah, like you were told when Ellen is walking through the halls, you don't look at her. You don't make eye contact. You do not talk to her. You you let her do her thing. And I was like, oh, really? Like, but was it just because she because I had also heard that she was nervous, like she would get ner extremely nervous before going on the show every day. Um, just because there was a lot of pressure on her shoulders. And he goes, no, this was all the time after the show, you know, and, and she would be rushed out into her car and leave. Uh, and, and we could not have any contact with her. And I was like, oh, man, that's kind of shitty. Like, yeah, that's you weird. know, you, you can never have any interaction with the host of the show. Yeah, I was told also through, you know, people that I know have worked over the years that once the show is over, and this is nothing wrong. This is just a little insight. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but it's just kind of interesting that as soon as the show is over, Ellen would be out like before the audience was out. Like she'd be in the car gone. Like, all right, thank you, good night, and boom, like out the door. They they bounce. wouldn't release the audience. Yeah. So I know this for a fact. They wouldn't release the audience. She would have to be in her car driving off the lot before any of the audience could be let out of the studio. 
I did hear though that she had some kind of stalker run in, um, and so that was the reasoning for for that. I, I don't know if that was the case or just that was the cover up story for it. Um, but they said that there was some stalker incident, so she would have to be ushered out quickly before anyone was let out. I don't I don't know where the truth lies in that story though. Sure. Do you think though, like? Yes, it's the Ellen show. And yes, people are unhappy working there. But was it Ellen who's at fault or is it like the other producers? Because like there's other people, senior people that she worked under. Does it all come? So is Ellen the asshole or the other executive producers the asshole? I, I think I think all of it plays a part, right? I mean, you're the the environment is created. And so you either have a great environment or a shitty environment. And if the higher ups wanted her to treat people better, I think then they needed to have that talk with her and they didn't and they let that go. I don't know, dude. I, it's it's hard because you've got this mega star who is keeping this show going and no one wants to, to ruffle any feathers. So everyone just stays quiet and complacent. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, people. Pe- people also got really offended when she, uh, Taylor Swift was on her show. And she started mm-hmm. pressing her about her boyfriend and trying to look for a name like about her relationship. And they people thought that was an asshole move. But in my opinion, I don't think that was an asshole move. I think that's her just having fun, trying to kind of uh, you know make content. I thought she and be was being silly with that one. I, I do too. Were just big defenders of Taylor Swift at that time and wanted to wanted to be mad about something. Um, and the, the, that's not even yeah I don't I don't care about that I think it's the how you treat people behind closed doors it, you say publicly be kind to one another and then treat everyone like shit behind closed doors allegedly <laughs> yeah we gotta see people I mean uh, we love to go on our show though but besides that I mean before it ends but I I do think part of all this stuff coming to float or coming to the public eye is part of mm-hmm. the reason why she's kind of taking her show off air. Um, yep. I mean, I just I think, don't I think, think she wanted done. that. I think she's done with the criticism. I think she's done with just being ridiculed publicly. Um, it, or it maybe just even airing out the fact that she's not who everyone thinks she is. And you know, it's funny. She, didn't she do a whole comedy set about like I'm not, I'm not the nice one or something? Like she wanted yeah. to kind of brush off that like clean, squeaky image that everyone had fallen in love with. So she, yeah. she's been saying for a long time, I'm not nice, even though we all think she is. Yeah. It's listen, I appreciate that she addressed it. I'm excited to see what Ellen does next, but I think she made a lot of money that she probably, I don't think she wants to work. I mean, maybe she does. I don't know, but I don't, I'm curious what she's going to do next. If she's going to go back to she's doing stand up, so but she's got, she is so wealthy. I mean, that so is so rich and she does all this like house flipping and, you know, property. I've, all right, can we move on? Because that right. one just makes me sad. I know, I know. I like her too. All right, what's next, Dex? Uh, I, let's get a guy in here. I don't want to just keep talking about women here. Let's talk about <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones, who people love this guy, but the I want to talk about him in particular because of the stories of how he shit all over Jim Carrey at the height of move. Jim Carrey's career. And... It still makes me mad to this day because I'm like, you just walked off of winning an Oscar and for The Fugitive, by the way. People, young people are going to be like, what the fuck are those things? Who's Tommy Lee Jones? But yeah. um, <laughs> he wins an Oscar and then is working on the, the, the Batman movie with Jim Carrey. 
and apparently was just a total asshole to Jim Carrey because of Jim Carrey's success at the time. You know, he's this big actor. Jim Carrey is just killing it in the box office with Dumb and Dumber, and he got cast to play the Riddler in Batman, and I, I, to me, it seems like Tommy Lee Jones just couldn't handle the fact that someone was more successful than him being a goofball. Well, it's funny because what I see. Joel Shoemaker, who was the guy who he he both did Batman Forever and The Client with uh, Jim Carrey. He even says that Tommy Lee Jones was an asshole to work with. But when you're an asshole to Jim Carrey, I mean, that's that, not that's cool. when you know there's something wrong. So he actually said uh, Joel Schumacher that you know said this is what he said he said uh, no uh, he said basically Tommy wasn't kind to Jim he did not act towards Jim the way an Oscar winner with a star in Hollywood uh, he, he I'm sorry he did not act towards Jim the way an Oscar winner with a star in Hollywood Boulevard being the oldest member of the cast and having such a distinguished career and having the accolades to go with it it should have acted towards Jim but what happens on set stays on set or so we thought because. They, I guess, before they started filming, Jim went up to Tommy, right, Dex? Is that what happened? Mm-hmm. And well, they said, were at a, they were at a restaurant. They ran into each other at a restaurant. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the restaurant. I don't remember, but uh, they run into a restaurant together, and Tommy was in the back. I guess the maitre d and said, "Oh, Jim, thanks for coming in. You, you're doing a new movie with Tommy Lee Jones, right?" And he was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Well, he's sitting in the back." He goes, "All right, well." Let, let me let me go say hi. I guess there was it was like the night before they were gonna film this big scene of you know the Riddler's lair and and so he goes all right I'm gonna I'm gonna go say hi to him. So he goes back into the corner and says I went up to say hi to him because by the way he talked about this on the Howard Stern show. I went up to say hi to him and the blood drained from his face in such a way I realized that I had become the face of his pain or something. He goes. He got up, kind of shaking, and hugged me and said, I hate you. I really don't like you. And Jim Carrey's like, uh, okay, well, well, (laughs) what's going on, man? And he said, I cannot sanction your buffoonery. He did not want to work with me at that point. And this is right before they film a huge scene, and you're torpedoing whatever type of relationship you have at this point. And I'm like, I, I guess we have to say, like, Jim Carrey is one of the nicest people in Hollywood. So nice, and I yeah. I think that's why this story stands out so much is, you know when there's someone that everyone likes and everyone gets along and then someone doesn't, you go, well, you're the problem? Yeah. The, Tommy Lee Jones is the problem in this situation. I know from my experience that, like, you know, I know a lot of these professional autograph guys. They won't even go up to Tommy Lee Jones. They don't even like he doesn't do press. He doesn't do interviews. Do you ever see a Tommy Lee Jones interview? No, he doesn't do them. Like he's just this old and crusty. And I say crusty because that's what Jim Carrey described him as um, crusty guy. He like he just doesn't do anything. Sort of a dick. How he continues to work. I don't know. Great actor, you know, but maybe that's what I don't know. I don't. I guess that's his appeal. But. I don't know his feet on the ground floor. I do have a great Jim Carrey story. Jim Carrey was um, – when I first started in this job, it was a Friday night and I always wanted to get one shot a day. And um, this goes into what kind of guy Jim Carrey is. I know we're talking about assholes today, but I'm going to say a good story. Um, Mark Consuelos <laughs> and Kelly Ripa were eating inside La Conde Verde, fancy restaurant in Tribeca. Um, they're eating inside and I started waiting outside for them to come out. 
And as I'm waiting there, all of a sudden a black SUV pulls up and all of a sudden Jim Carrey, a pretty girl and a bodyguard get out of the car. I'm like, oh shit. Because they're doing this job. I just, Jim Carrey wasn't even a real person to me. Like he was that much of a star that I was like, oh my God. Like I was starstruck to meet him. He might've been the second person, first person when I started doing this job more than a decade ago, I was starstruck by was Michael Jordan. The second person was Jim Carrey just because he wasn't even a real person to me. Mm-hmm. And he gets out of his car and I didn't even put my camera. I was like, oh my God. And the bodyguard saw me with the camera, but I wasn't filming them. And I look in the restaurant, and Jim Carrey and the girl sit right next to Kelly Ripa, Mark Consuelos. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, man, this is crazy. But Jim Carrey got done before Kelly Ripa, Mark Consuelos. And they, the bodyguard brings the girl out to the car first, and then they bring out Jim. The reason they did that is because they didn't want to be in the same shot. But the thing was, I wasn't even trying. I was by myself. I didn't want to shoot them. I just wanted to meet him. You know, like I was such a fan. So I threw my camera into this bush that was like kind of nearby. And I threw my camera into the bush. And I go, hey, Jim, I'm a huge fan. Can I get a photo with you? And he goes, sorry, don't do photos, man. And then he jumped in the car. And I was like, Fuck. But the car sitting right there, he sees me stand there on a Friday night, like 10 p.m. by myself, and he rolls down the window and he goes, hey, man, I don't want to do photos. I don't like to, I'm trying not to do photos tonight, but I do want to meet you. My name's Jim. I go, hey, Jim, my name's Adam. It's so nice to meet you. I, I you know, I, I was honest. I was like, listen, I'm a camera guy right now. I was waiting for them. I saw you. I'm just such a fan. I just wanted to, to meet you and just let you know how much I've, and it, I'm, I, he was on a date with a girl. We talked for about 15 minutes on the street and he got to know me. I told him I'm a, I'm a comic and, you know, I told him what I was doing and like, you know, I wasn't even there to film him and he was the nicest guy to me. That summer, he started living on Perry Street in New York City and he had this art studio. Do you remember about this, Dax? Yeah, Do you remember yeah. the story? I, I remember it had like a big garage door and you'd yes. see him coming in and out and doing paintings and stuff. Yeah, he had this garage. He had this art studio on this beautiful street in New York City in, in the West Village on Perry Street. And it was a big garage door and he would sit there with the garage door up and he would paint. And he had like toys in there. He had like basketballs and stuff like that, bicycles. And I would go by there and he got to know me and I'd just go hang out with him at the garage. And he was the nice, he would talk to us about how's your work going. We'd talk about his art. He'd show us the art. I mean, dude, he couldn't be any nicer. And it was like, it was like my summer of Jim Carrey. I have a great photo of me talking to him on the street, just like we're old friends. And it's just so cool. And I got to know him and then. Shit, he this moved. This is enough and, nice guy. People didn't tune okay. into this podcast. All right, sorry. To listen to nice. People. All right, back to assholes. All right, fucking Tommy Lee <laughs> Jones, you're an asshole. Don't ever treat my Jim Carrey like that. Okay, let's go to the next one. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we can do this list without the name Taylor Swift on it. And I know oh, that we're okay. probably going to get hate, and people are going to be mad at us for for bashing their queen. Taylor Swift is not a nice person, though. No. She's crazy fucking talented. I will not take that away from her. She is one of the most talented people in the entire industry when it comes to music, writing your music, producing your music, singing your music, performing your music, all of it. Hands down, one of the most talented people. I just wish she was a bit nicer and she didn't feel the need to, like, trash people on the way to the top of the hill because... You're already on top. You're already crushing the game. But I feel that she takes every opportunity to just shit on people. And I don't like that about her. You know, like, even all the songs, uh, you know, about the ex-boyfriends, about John Mayer, about Joe Jonas, uh, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, there's just been so many of those moments that I feel like she's a mean girl. And she's been dubbed the Regina Hall of... 
of Hollywood, you know, by Katy Perry herself, by the way. Um, you know, it's just she's willing to to throw out friendships for the press or for the publicity of getting ahead. And that, to me, I think is just kind of yucky. Yeah, she was mean to Katy Perry. She uh, she was mean to Katy Perry. Uh, it's uh, for something Katy Perry didn't even do. Katy Perry no. literally had backup. And if I mean, I, I think most people know the story, but if if you're not familiar with it, the whole Katy Perry and Taylor Swift big fallout was over some backup dancers that were on Katy Perry's tour, and you know uh, Taylor was starting up her tour, and they, she basically said, "Come with me. I'm gonna have a better tour." And the dancers were like. No, we're good. We're going to stay here with Katie because that's who we're working with right now. And Taylor fucking lost it and basically turned her back on Katie's friendship over backup dancers, like unfollow the backup dancers and like basically said, you will never work on any of my tours ever again over this decision. And I'm just like, who says that? There's so many other dancers out there that would love to be on Taylor's tour why did it become this huge fallout that became so memorable to everyone? I, And I think, again, and then Bad Blood comes out, and it's a way to trash Katy Perry publicly. I think she utilizes these moments in her life to get ahead, and that's something I just I, I don't appreciate or like. Yeah, in 2015, she had a little beef with Apple. She... Um, she said that Apple oh, should give more money. To- no, that was so manufactured. There was there was no beef with Apple. This you don't think? Wait, what do you mean manufactured? You think Apple was? Stunt. So you think Apple was behind that? Yes. What are you talking about? They, oh. She did a commercial with Apple. So yeah, but that was because she thing. was that because she turned it because she she got the the, the shit from it. She got so much crap from no, it. No, this is this is because Spotify had come out. Spotify was releasing. Kate, uh, Katie, sorry, Taylor went and basically said, I want to get more money for artists, blah, blah, blah. And so Apple immediately responded and said, okay, we are going to step up our game when it comes to reimbursing artists and this and that. And then they did a, a commercial together like two weeks later. Clearly all of that was set up. They had planned this whole big publicity stunt. Like she staged this with Apple. And they put it out at the same time. So all of that was contrived. Sorry, but that was 100% contrived. Okay, so let me ask you this, Dax. With the whole we, – we do know that she was a victim in the first part of the Kanye West uh, VMA incident. You know, when Kanye West yes. ran on stage. You're talking about – yes, on stage. Yes. On stage. Okay. She was a victim there. That was fucked you know, up. That, that was fucked up, and that, she was a victim there. However – what were your thoughts on when Kim Kardashian released the footage of Taylor giving the green light for Kanye's lyrics? You remember Kanye actually spoke about the, her? It was the ultimate snake move on her part. She had this conversation with Kanye, gave him her blessing to use the lyric, and then immediately turned around and said, well, I didn't say he could call me a bitch. When she clearly did, it's caught on tape. And I think... That is like the sign of you're just an asshole. Like, why did you start beef with someone when you, when you knew the truth? Like, why why go against Kanye West? I'm sorry, but Kanye West is someone. Again, Kanye West also an asshole. But um, you go against someone that you know isn't gonna back down from a fight. 
Like, he is not someone that just shuts up and takes it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's a lot of people in her life that would probably not publicly go against her because she is powerful, because she has so many friends and all of that kind of stuff. Kanye is not one of those people. So why she would say one thing to him privately and then publicly turn her story around, I don't get that. And these are the things that I don't understand about Taylor Swift. And I think maybe in her mind she goes, well, this will just turn into a good song. Yeah, and everyone will I'll, believe me because I'm Taylor Swift. I will say that her father is an asshole, and I, I say that because I remember when she she was doing this album where she started popping up in like random targets, and I had a tip that she's going to this target in Harlem, and I show up there, and obviously I'm there for her to promote her stuff, and it's like nice thing, and I'm shooting her walk into the store, and I have my camera up, and you know she's being somewhat nice. The father like fucking runs up, takes me, and like pushes me because well, who, like who the fuck are you? Who said you could come in here? And I'm like whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, and I remember being like I was sort of new at the job. I was so like taking, I was like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I gotta beat the shit out of this guy. Let's be real. But I was like so taken back. Like, this guy had me like pushed up against the wall at a Target, got me thrown out of the store, and it was like so aggressive and so not needed, like so not necessary. I was like, dude, you suck. All right, we're probably gonna get shit for talking about Taylor <laughs> okay, Swift. Tell, tell me though. Uh, all right, we we've had this discussion so many times that people probably don't. There's going to be people here that have never heard this, but we judge a lot of celebs based on the people that are surrounding them. So whether it be bodyguards, whether it be it's stylists, whether it be just their inner circle, if their inner circle is nice, I think it tells us a lot about who the celeb is because they treat their people with respect and their people then in turn treat other people with respect. And... What has been your interaction with her group that surrounds her on the streets and in, you know, appearances, all of that kind of stuff? So they are not nice to the fans. I will say that Taylor is never good to the fans. She doesn't sign autographs, um, you know, especially at the house. And I get it at the house. Um, you know, you don't want people showing up at your house. You don't want that. Um, but at other events, she's not warm to the fans. She's very cold. Um to the paparazzi, she tries to play like a victim. However, she's the only person that comes out of the gym wearing makeup and dressed up. So you're going to say you don't want your photo taken. However, you know, you're kind of saying, hey, when they say, hey, Taylor, can we get a, uh, over the shoulder? Yeah, what, you're what, giving the older shoulder a look. wants to look bad. You can't get – they can't – No, no, no. But you can't say I hate the paparazzi. Done. But when the paparazzi yell out, hey, can we get the over the shoulder pose? And you start posing for the over the shoulder pose and give them the shots they want. She just, she's very, very, and I, I know we use this word to describe uh, what's from Catherine Heigl, but she's difficult. She's, she's a very, very difficult person. She's, she's, I hate to say it, she sucks, dude. She sucks. <laughs> All right, we only have time for one more. So I'm going to let you choose. I'm going to give you three people, and I'm going to let you choose who you want to talk about. Okay. Uh, because we're running out of time here. But will it be? William Shatner, okay, Leah, Mi Leah Michelle, or Sean Penn. I'm gonna. Here's we're gonna have to, we're actually have to do a part two because I know there's some more names to this list. Um, mm -hmm. for this for this episode, I think we already know that Sean Penn's an asshole. William Shatner, okay. I don't think our Trekkies. I think the Trekkie fans already know she's an asshole. Let's go, with Leah Michelle. I think Leah Michelle was one who kind of got some shit about it on the. Um, she got some I mean, shit I, I maybe hate, during the pandemic. I hate, I hate, though, the only thing I don't like about that is that I feel like we've done four women and one dude, and I don't I don't want our audience to think that we're just, like, 
sexist calling out women okay all right because <laughs> that's right. not the so, case i just a lot of these are catty stories between people um i mean we can do leah michelle but i i think we need to point out that william shatner is high up on this list and sean penn is high up on this list for us <laughs> um but i think people that are listening to this podcast might appreciate leah michelle and that would be the only reason that i would pick leah michelle for this yes I, okay that's a great way to exp- to cover our own asses before we get into it um yeah and you're right uh i think leah michelle is just based on our audience the people that she didn't um she apologized but it didn't really seem like it was like the apology tour which maybe she handled it pretty well and she was basically under the allegations that she was mean-spirited on this set of glee uh her former yeah, co-star but we, we've heard numerous co-stars come forward and say she was awful to work with super narcissistic and just uh like horrible 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 to everyone on set would blame them for stuff would she she was the uh, she was a Regina Hall, you know, when it when it comes to treating people that she worked with. Anyway, keep going. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, there. basically, uh, there a, f- a former course co-star Heather Morris pretty much said that she thinks that if other people and other coworkers accusers came forward with their allegations about her, that you know the Fox executives at the time would have basically you know, turn the cold shoulder and, you know, now where it's like where the culture, the work environment culture is now becoming very more public where you can't do that stuff. She, you know, she doesn't know how she pretty much how she would get away with it. She was, it's crazy to think that Leah Michelle's an asshole because from my experience, again, I, I, we said in the beginning of this podcast, I'm going to give you my personal experience from dealing with her. She's always been super nice and super sweet. But it's funny, I did hear that she was very difficult and very challenging even before she was on Glee. And this is when she was on Broadway. I don't know. It's, um, it's crazy that people are coming forward about your coworkers because Hollywood is such a political thing. And when you come forward saying, hey, like this wasn't cool, I have to imagine that, again, I'm not taking sides here. There's there's this girl Heather's story, there's Leah's story, and then there's the truth. But do you, uh, the one that was the most telling for me was Samantha Marie Ware. Do you remember her? She was the one that played Rachel Berry on Glee. And she came out and attacked Leah Michelle right after the George Floyd death. And because. Leah then posted something about Black Lives Matter with the hashtag, and Samantha, who, who's black, uh, tweeted almost immediately and said, "Laugh." Let, let me find the exact quote. Hold on, it's right here. Laugh my ass out. Remember when you made my first television gig a living hell? Because I'll never forget. I believe you told everyone that if you had the opportunity, you would shit in my wig, amongst wow. other traumatic microaggressions that made me question a career in Hollywood. That that's says a lot. That's <laughs> dude. That is a she statement. Is not fun to work with. Is what I got out of that. That's that is such a wow. That is a statement. I mean, mm-hmm. man. And then like and then and then like you said. So on the the heels of that is when um, uh, what's her friend um, Heather Morris then went on Twitter and said, you know, let let me be clear, hate is a disease in America, and we are trying to cure it. Uh, but she also basically called out Leah Michelle and said, yeah, she there was a lot of disrespect going around on the set. And again, I'm thinking, why? Like these are your coworkers. You don't treat people like this if 
you're working at Costco. Why do you feel like you have the ability to do that when you're an actress or, you know, someone with some power behind, you know, what you're doing? I don't know. And and I just feel like there's been numerous stories of Leah Michelle just not being a nice person. So one of the there was another actor who did one episode. Again, they just guessed it in one episode on the show Glee, and they actually talked about a negative experience they had with Leah. They tweeted, uh, "This is from uh, the actor, Dave, actor Dabier or something like that. I don't even know the actor's name, but this was the tweet, and I'll read it. Girl, you wouldn't let me sit. I'm going to say it how." No, I'm not going to say it in their voice, but I'm going to say, girl, you wouldn't let me sit at the table with the other cast members because I didn't belong there. Fuck you, Leah. Jesus. I mean, when you're willing to put yourself out there and potentially hurt your future acting gigs to call someone out, I have to, I mean, that's a ballsy thing. That's, I mean, that's, that's insane. It's scary when you're not the, when you're not the main actor, you know, and you are calling the big actor out. That's risky for your career, and we see it over and over again. But I, I think, to me, if Leah Michelle then came forward and kind of said what Catherine Heigl said, like, oh, and like whines about it, I'd be like, but you did it to yourself. Like, you caused the drama, so you can't bitch about people now being upset about the, the drama that you caused, you know? I don't know. I Listen, I, I, I enjoyed talking about all this. Because I think that there is a, a, a true side that these people are a-holes and sometimes you need to be accountable for being an a-hole. And I would hope that more than anything, you know, they see these stories and they change a little bit about the way that they handle their career or handle the people that they work with. Because sometimes you need some harsh reality in your life to realize, like, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Oh, my God. Can you hear that? What is that? It's so loud. <laughs> my house uh, is getting painted. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, everyone has their bad days and you're 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 allowed to be an asshole for a day or two or three. But once it starts to happen on a regular basis, I think it's you got to take a, a deep reflection, inner reflection and see like, hey, maybe I'm the problem. And listen, we've all been assholes to some. Nobody's perfect. Some of these people on the list, again, Lee Michelle, she might have been asshole people on set. From my experiences, she's actually been pretty cool. So um, but yet again, I'm also giving her publicity. So she has to be somewhat cool. <laughs> I don't know. I'm helping her out. But, guys, thank you guys for listening. We're going to have to do a part two because there's a lot more assholes that need to be called out in Hollywood. You know what? Um, but we will also do an episode of, like— The good people. The greatest interaction. Oh, dude, I can't wait for that had. one. Because I don't want to be a podcast where we just talk shit on people. Like, sure. At the same time, we've had some amazing interactions with some huge, huge celebrities, and I think they deserve to be called out. As 100%. Just, how wonderful they are uh, as human beings. Yeah, this one pained me to do. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I'm not pained me. I'm just you get nervous talking about assholes because again, we want to work in Hollywood still. But yet again, we are gonna do an episode about the nice people in Hollywood because they need to be rewarded because there is a lot of good people out there. A lot of people that are grateful to be working in this industry because it is one of the most difficult industries to work in. And um, I want people to feel appreciative. And some of those people are really good people. With that said, thank you guys for listening. Leave a review, five star only. Say a few kind of words. Just go to iTunes, click on the podcast, search Hollywood Raw, go all the way to the bottom. And then you'll see like, leave a review, write a review, say a few things, say a few nice things. Five stars. We'll read your review live on air. Follow us. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're on it all. We also have this private, uh, private Facebook page where you got to join. We have to accept you in. We'll actually get into some of the stuff that we can't, for legal reasons, really talk on air about. If you have a question about what's going on in Hollywood, we'll kind of give you some of the inside dirt. Um, 
And guys, thank you guys for listening. Again, find me at Adam Glynn, G-L-Y-N. Find Dax Holt, D-A-X-H-O-L-T. See you guys next time. Bye. A Huda Media Production.